Welcome to the chapel this morning. All right. It is good to see you here. Aren't you glad that we are one in sun I want to welcome everybody that's watching online too. You might not be here physically, but we believe that you're here with us. And we're going to get into the Word of God in a minute. And uh, the Word of God changes everything about us. And when you think about the Word of God uh, changing our thinking, and it's so important to realize that the world has a way of thinking, but the Word of God creates a pattern of lifestyle that brings what we've talked about in the past, the goodness of God into the land of the living. In other words, right now. Uh, let me tell you that I'm just so excited about our church. And, and, you know, we had a wonderful day yesterday. The men's breakfast was great. He brought Bert, the commander of Carol. And uh, also, then, I want us to, just before we begin, uh, Alex and Nettie. Alex and Nettie are, are members of our church. They usually sit about the third row right there. But for about four or five months, they're going to be in Cambodia as our missionaries. And they have been there, and, and Nettie's from Cambodia, and they've been ministering uh, throughout their time uh, as retirees. And, and they don't retire. They just keep going. And uh, Alex has contacted me just this last week. They they arrived and everything is being set up for their ministry. They've already had opportunities to uh, begin training the small group leaders in Cambodia in the place that they're at. Um, we think that they're looking to buy a car. They had to sell the car that was there in Cambodia the last time they were there because of, of all the delay that went on and just circumstances. But then uh, they are are so excited because as they are taking steps, they're becoming literally a circuit pastor or preacher. And some of you realize in history how sometimes in the rural parts of America that they could not find a pastor. So they, they would have one pastor that would get on his horse and ride from town to town. And like you might have church on a different day than another town would. And, and that pastor would just travel around and uh, Preach that one message probably all week. I don't know about you, but I'd like to be the fifth city because he probably got pretty good by the time he got to the fifth one. Well, Alex said he's, he's set up to be a uh, circuit pastor because he is going from these little uh, villages in Cambodia and towns and being able to teach and preach the good news of God. Now, again, some of you aren't aware of this, but they are part of our church. And as part of our church, we have supported them and we're supporting them now as they're in Cambodia. We're partnering with them. See, sometimes you get all, you know, you know what is the church doing? This morning, where we are right now, we're ministering in Cambodia and right here. Can you say amen? amen. amen. But not only that, and then somebody get that little golf clap, you know. <laughs> Praise God. And oh yeah. We're also in Honduras today. Do you know that we're, we have WGO, World Gospel Outreach, that's going all over Tegucigalpa and, and that region, and, and they're ministering the good news and medical missions as well as telling them about the love of God? Do you know that we have missionaries in China? We have missionaries in Africa. We have Convoy of Hope, which is a, amazing. It's, it's, well, 
it's an assembly of God, Red Cross. And they have all these semi-trucks that roll up when tragedies happen and be able to take care of those that are in really a tough time. We are partnering with them. Can you say, amen? Amen. All right, that's good. It's got an attitude behind that, amen. So be it. We're missionaries all over the world. Now this morning, I'm excited because I've been preaching this message to myself and, and it has helped me more. Well, I'm not going to say more than it will help you. But let me tell you, it starts with me. And as I began to study this and put things together that God has given me this week, I, I just want you to be prepared because this message, again, as the word of God goes forth and changes our thinking, then it'll change your emotions. You know, sometimes our emotions get all out of whack and we, we get in motion because of something that's going on in the circumstances. But the word of God keeps us on the right track, the right highway as we're talking about. And when we're on the right highway, when the, our emotions change for the word of God, then our choices change. It, it's amazing how, you know, choices will come and we'll just, you know, flippantly make this choice and make that choice, not realizing that it's putting us in a direction. But the word of God corrects that direction and says, this is the way go in it. We hear the voice of the Holy Spirit correcting us. When our choices change, our habits change. If you don't realize it, you are living an habitual lifestyle. Well, Pastor, I'm not drinking or smoking or whatever. Every morning, you wake up with a system. And you do that same system pretty much every day of your life and still, and, until something, again, acts against that system. You get up, you might, excuse me, you might go to the restroom. First thing in the morning, you might go in and start the coffee. Can I get an amen on all those coffee drinkers? <laughs> leave that there. Then, then you do something else and do something else and something else. And then finally, you probably get in the car to go to work or go to a place every day of destination. When our habits change to line up with the direction that God has for us, remember that it's putting us in a place that our character, this is what we're doing because we know that it's going to be in the faithfulness of doing the things of God that will bring the results that God has promised us until we get to that godly destination. Now, this morning, if you're in a place where you get, you know, Pastor, I just don't like where I'm at. Back up and, again, get into the Word of God that changes your thinking, which changes your direction. I've talked about that for years. And this morning, as we're going to build on that, we've been talking about in this series, really, the law of the highway. Now, again, this is an illustration, and we talked about last week, the road we choose is the road that we will lead us. It will lead us to where we will end up. The road we choose, now, again, stick with me this morning, because if it's true geographically, if we get in, if we get in our car and we go down here to I-35, and we take a left, which some of you, like me, that are geographically challenged, that is south, we're going to... We're going to Oklahoma. We're, we're going to be there any minute. No, you're not. You're going the wrong direction. And we know, though, if we're going to Waco and we go south, it's just a matter of time until we end up in Waco because we're going the right direction on the right road. That's what we're going to talk about today because just like physically on a highway, that it leads to a predictable, predictable physical destination. It's the same thing that we're talking about, other paths that will lead 
predictable destinations. It happens in our marriage. It happens in our, our health. It happens in our relationships. It happens in our emotions. Last week we, we said something, and again, listen to this. Not, not only is the, the law of the highway, the road that we choose, is the road that will lead us to where we will end up, but also it's whatever gets your attention determines your direction and your direction, your destination. Now, now listen to this, because this is a key point today. It, it's in sometimes the smallest step in the right direction is the biggest step in your life. Let me say it again. You might want to write it down. If you don't have pen and paper, you might want to take a picture of it and at least be reminded of it one time this week. It's the smallest step in the right direction is the biggest step in your life. Think about that. See, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to camp out on this next characteristic of the law of the highway. And we're going to just grapple with it. We're going to rustle it to the ground in our lives and say, where am I at? We won't ignore it. I'm, a, I'm asking you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And even in, in ways that I'm not even saying something, but the Holy Spirit is customizing it to where you are right now in your life. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Just allow him to speak. This is, this is what the pastor is talking about in your life right here. And, and allow the, the comforting voice of the Holy Spirit to direct us. This is where we're going to stay just for a couple of weeks. And it's this. If you're writing it down, put it this way. Direction, not good intention, determines your destination. Oh, it'll change your life. It's so good. Here we go. Direction, not good intention, determines your destination. See, you can say, as I've said before, and, and I'm building on a point that we've talked about in the past, it, I, I've always wanted to go see the Alamo. And I love the Alamo because I've always studied the Alamo, but I get on I-35 and I head north. And my intention is to get to San Antonio but no matter how much good intention, no matter how much I talk about suntan lotion and being around the Alamo and walking and eating at the Riverwalk with Mexican food and sombrero, I'm not getting to San Antonio. I'm going north. See, the Bible is a way of directing us in the right way. Psalms 119 says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light from my path. See, I, I live out kind of in the country and sometimes it gets so dark and I have to go outside and I've got to go somewhere outside to get to where I need to get something, which is down a, a building that we own and it's about, oh, probably about maybe 100 yards from our house. And I live in the country, like I said, and sometimes there's snakes, and sometimes there's all kinds of obstacles. There's roots of trees, and I find every one of them in the dark. <laughs> Magnetized to those roots and those trees. I look like I'm doing a dance sometimes all the way down. You know? <laughs> but there's a little thing on the phone. I, I usually forget to get a flashlight. And, and I get a phone, and it, it just can give me a little bit. But I got this new flashlight from Nebo, I think it's called, and it's 1,200 lumens. What does that mean to you that don't know what that means? That means when I turn on my flashlight, click, click, it becomes daytime. 
I mean, it is, it, 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 think of how bright, it's brighter. I love getting the men to come visit me, you know, somebody, family, come over to my house, <laughs> come out here, look at this, boom, you know, and it just shoots all this. Let me say it again. Your word, God, is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. See, we're walking sometimes in life and we go, I don't know. I don't have a clue where I'm going. I, I, it seems like I hit every obstacle, all the distractions. God says, listen to my word. So when we come to God and we make him not only Savior of our life, but Lord of our life, what we're saying is, God, you're in control of my life. The way that God takes control of our life and guides us in the right way is that we're submissive to his will. We're saying, God, I, I get it. So, so we get into the Word of God and we begin to study the Word of God and that's the most important thing. But then the hardest thing is doing the Word of God not only one time but consistently in our life. It's in being faithful that brings again the results that we can go out and look long and expect for the goodness of God is in our life. Why? Because we're in the way of God. So, so listen. To being consistent, a lot of times there's a fight that goes on in our own lives. And the more that we're outside of the Word of God, what are we doing? We're really just leaning on what we've learned, our experience. We've talked about our belief system and how that is based. But listen, a lot of times when we get into that place where we're just leaning on our own understanding, the Word of God comes into our life. If we read the Word of God, and it says this, hey, 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 there's a way that seems. In, in that word that seems, that's the rationalizing. Yeah, it seems right unto man, but it leads to death. Now, now when you read that, you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I've got some experience on my life, and I, is it based on your experience, or is it based on the word of God? See, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You, in in all, all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight, your highway straight. <laughs> we visited uh, Puerto Rico uh, and it's beautiful. And I was so blessed to have my daughter-in-law that is from Puerto Rico drive the van. We had 52 clowns in this van <laughs> called the Millers. And we were just all stuck in this van, but nobody knew where we were going. Now, let me tell you, Sabelle got in there, and she went around this curve and around this curve and went around. I think she went off a couple of bridges, and I didn't even know it. She never should have But all these turns and twists. Let me tell you, I'm glad to be in America where pass her straighter. Because a lot of times I don't know where I'm going. Listen to it again. Acknowledge me in all your ways and I will make your best straight. Oh, wow. Now, listen to this. We know if we're on the right highway, in the right direction, then it's just a matter of time to reach the destination. Now, now again, that takes work on our part to be patient. But we know that we can look and long and expect for the goodness of God in the season, whatever season that we're going through. There's nothing more frustrating than getting on a wrong highway or going in the wrong direction, realizing you're not going to get there. I have a friend of mine that has passed away, but he was a joker, and he was a great guy. Loved to spend time with him. And, and what he, 
he would do is he sometimes would go all the way to Florida because he his job was in Florida, and and he would he would take nighttime trips. Anybody ever drive at night? And, and it seemed like for him, he told me that around about two thirty in the morning, he goes, "Man, what am I doing driving this far this long?" And all he had to do is stay on the highway. But but he said one time, he said, I was so tired, I thought, I have to get a cup of coffee. I pulled off the highway to the gas station, and I went under the bridge and around to the gas station on the other side of the highway. And I, I, I got a cup of coffee, and I, 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 you know, of course, it hadn't kicked in yet. I was tired. I got back in the car and got on the highway right by the gas station, continued on my trip. Yeah, you got it. He said after one hour, the caffeine kind of started kicking in, and he started looking, he said, well, that look, looks a lot like what I've seen earlier tonight. And that, well, look at And he realized that he had gone back the way that he had come. Now, he had been traveling for one hour, but at this point, he's not one hour behind in his schedule. He's two hours because he could have been an hour further on. He said it was so frustrating turning around the car realizing that I was just blown as much as two hours on my trip. Now, now, let's get into the Word of God because today the title of my message is Defensive Driving. And have you ever gotten a place where you maybe got a ticket? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Or maybe you wanted to reduce your insurance and you went to a defensive driving class and, and really you could sum up defensive driving by saying that they want you to look out there and keep look at the big picture in case there's any danger. The word of God is, is a light. So let, let's read a few verses. It's the church. Can we do that? Okay, thank you. Let's read some. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. We're just going to read seven verses. I'm going to, I'm going to bring out one of the, the ones in the, the main one that I want to talk about, but I kind of want to do it in context. So listen to this. A good name is more desirable than great riches. Well, I don't know about that. Don't lean on your own understanding. Okay, here we go. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Now, now listen to this verse. A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. We're going to come back to that one. But verse 4 says, Humility and the fear of the Lord brings wealth and honor and life. Verse 5, In the paths of the wicked like thorns and snares. That, that's their highway. But he who guards his soul stays far from them. Verse 6 says, Train a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Amen. The rich ruler of the poor, and the borrower is a servant to the lender. Now, now that's wisdom, right? It is in doing the things that we read and not just being hearers of the Word of God. So let, let's take one of those that goes with today's message, defensive driving, and look at verse 3. Let me say it again. A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. You know, prudence is a pretty big word. And prudent man is really, it, it implies the forethought. Again, defensive driving emphasizes the being adequate, a preparation for the future. Let me put it in a sentence. 
Careful forethought helped him deal with the emergency. Okay? So what, what, what prudent is, is being able to see ahead of time. Now listen again. A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge. Now, now we live in Texas. And some of you have been unfortunate to live in Oklahoma. <laughs> which is more tornado alley almost in Texas. But if you live in Texas and you're a prudent man and you're outside and you see this well, looky there, Mildred, there seems to be a tornado when it's coming for us. As an example, a prudent man would say, get to the lowest place in the house. And, you know, that's usually a, what, a tub, a, a bathtub. And, and they say to pull a mattress over because it's coming, you got to prepare. But in this story, in this illustration, a simple, you could say, rudely, a stupid person or maybe just an ignorant person that isn't aware of tornadoes, whatever you want to say about it, those people would go, let's go play with that tornado and run towards it. Am I making myself clear? A prudent man sees danger, takes refuge, but the simple keep going, and they suffer for it. See, our problem isn't wisdom or insight. It's something else. When we wake up in the morning, we would say that we're on a quest for truth. A lot of times that we're on a quest, knowing it or not, for happy. Now, next week we're going to continue on this. That, that, that there's always a fork in the road, either to Happyville or to Sad City, which is located in the state of unhappiness. <laughs> we talked about that last week, and now Samson is distracted by Delilah and ended up losing his purpose. Therefore, he was in the state of unhappy. Distressed. And it's listening to the word of God saying, hey, it's not just good intentions, but it's your direction that leads to the destination that God has for you. See, our direction is what we're doing right now in our life. We're in motion. No, Pastor, I'm just taking it easy. I'm just doing it. I'm not really in. No, no, everything's in motion. Now, now this morning, if you ask me, Pastor, what, what are the areas that are the most populated? As a pastor, I would say the three most uh, requested prayer and, and In this pastor's experience, it's people that say, Pastor, can you, can you pray for me? Or if I say, hey, can I pray with you on something? I mean, I can do that on the phone. I can, I can do it to someone I don't even really know. I, is there something I can pray with you about? A lot of times we'll say, you know, could you help me? Uh, I'm not feeling good. It's our health. It's our finances. And it's our relationships. Even sometimes our relationship with God. But, but those three things, let's just use those three things and kind of, kind of walk it out. On this highway. See, when it comes to our health, it is something that you don't hear a lot about church because it's so obvious. It's right before us. It's it's something. See, if we talk about our finances, nobody knows if we're extremely in debt or we have an extreme amount of money. Typically. I mean, we can we can see little symptoms or signs of that. Drive a big car or have big hair. As far as our relationships, most people know that if they're a little bit Abrasive, but we don't know if they don't have any friends or if they have a thousand friends. But there's something about our health that if we're not careful, it becomes so obvious. Now, now listen to this. 
If the first New Year's, you know, I, I want to feel better. I, I want to maybe lose some weight. I want, I want to eat some things that are right. It's important for us to have a habit with a plan. Get the cookies out of the house. Walk around the block. Get a get out. Pastor, could we get more into spiritual things? Hey, if you're not supposed to smoke or drink because this is the temple of God, then kick out the jelly donuts. Come on. What road are you on? What are you doing right now? In our finances. People say, Pastor, I want to be financially secure and I want financial peace. I agree with all the abilities of stewardship. That's where I want to be. But right now, my direction that defines my life, here, here, Pastor, I want the stress. I, I want the slave-like restrictions in my life. I, I, I just want that. I want the uncertainty and the consequences that being in debt will bring me. And you go, what? Hello? You're on the wrong highway. You're going in the wrong direction. It's time to make some changes in your life. Well, let's stay on finances just a minute. First of the year. <laughs> now think about it. When you took your lifestyle, what's, what's happening right now, to a whole other level, you know what I mean? I, I deserve more. You're walking down a path. You chose a direction in your life. And as hard as it is to hear it from John Miller as well as everybody here, realize that the path that you're on, you've chosen. Now, now when, when you decided, I'm going to buy that car and make payments, not for four years, five years, let's go six years. The salesman doesn't say, do you want to spend 45000 on that car? It's only a year old. No, 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 no. They go, How much do we need to get the payments to get you in it today? See, what you're saying is I'll spend money that I'll make tomorrow to make that purchase today. See, it's a direction. You're going there and you're saying, well, I need a car. We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> it's the same thing about a house, the size of the house. I, I want this house. No, I want that house. I want that bigger house. Let me just, 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 just. But you're making a choice all the way down to the utilities and the taxes. Have you ever talked to somebody that's moved to Texas and they've made a choice to buy a bigger house because, man, I couldn't buy this big a house back here. But now that I'm in Texas, I, they, they get their bill at the end of the year and they go, what is this property tax? <laughs> See, Texas has a property instead of the income. And that big house, they made a choice. They, they made a path direction. Credit cards. Aren't those a temptation? Because see, all you have to do, it's not real money, it's plastic. <laughs> you don't have to pay it today. Instant gratification, baby. It's right here. It's cold. I needed a coat. I needed a leather coat. I needed a better leather coat. It's a direction. You're in movement. You're in a path. And paths have destinations. It's not an event. It's a path. Listen to it again. As far as our finances, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender. So you might have a giving heart and say, Pastor, I'd love to give to Cambodia. I'd love to give to Honduras. I'd love to give to Lila. I'd love to give to the church, but I am too far in debt. I've taken a path and I'm going in the wrong direction. 
Let's talk about it in our relationships. You never base a relationship where you are right now, but where it's headed. All relationships are moving. Either they're getting stronger or they're getting weaker. Listen to the passage. A prudent man foresees the difficulties ahead and prepares for them. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. See, in, in, in marriage, if, if you're in a place where you say to your spouse, hey, 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 we're, we're arguing a lot. And, and if I had a greater relationship in marriage, it would be a B, but, you know, we went, or a C, because we were a B, now we're a C, and now, you know, I don't want to be a D, because F follows that. And that means failure. We need to make some changes, and the spouse says, ah, it's too hard. We're just as good as everybody else. Let's just continue to stay right here. No, you're moving. You're just in the wrong direction. Pregnant pause is sometimes good. <laughs> See, staying on the best path is going to take over. The path of least resistance is so much temptation that nobody falls up a hill. And, and taking that path of least resistance doesn't take any work. And let me warn you, how you pick your path in the direction is where you want to go. I remember reading something that in, in, in the 50s, a lot of the roads to Alaska, there wasn't a whole lot of highways, and some of it was actually dirt road. And when you got on the dirt road, they had a sign that said, choose your rut carefully. You're going to be in it for hundreds of miles. This morning I warn you what path, what highway that you're on, that you've chosen. See, listen, if you ignore where you're going, you're going to wake up one day and you'll have very little options. Because it's led to a place where you don't have, you don't want to be. So, so let's talk about it. Let, let, that's the problem. So what's the solution? Let's say you're here this morning, and if you're not careful, you say, "Yeah, I want to make a change. I want, I want to do something different. I, I know that there's going to have to be some change in my life." But here, let me tell you, the negative part is a lot of times when we hear a sermon like this, we get motivated to do something, and, and the consequences are there. We say, "Are you going to change your direction? Are you going to do something? What are you going to do?" No. Been doing that. What do you mean you're not going to do anything? Well, nobody else is. I live around a lot of people and they're not doing anything. Could they all be wrong, Pastor? Pastor, it's so hard to change. They don't just keep going. Let, let me again bring to your attention in a scripture, a character that I, I read, and it, it, it seems like a guy that had good intentions starting out. But he ended up in a direction and a destination that he regretted. And remember that in the direction you're always moving. The, the, the character that I want to talk about is Solomon. We all know, and when you hear Solomon, the first thing that comes to your mind, a lot of us, is the smartest man that ever lived. Except, of course, Jesus. And, and so when, when you talk about Solomon, you think, man, he had it together going on. See, if you study Solomon and, and you go to 
1 Kings chapter 3, David, his father, is now gone. He's the standard bearer. He's the, the guy that every king was measured. And it says this, that in chapter 3, verse 3, man, I preach this sermon a lot. I love this because it puts you on the mindset of being on the right track. It says in 3, 3, it says, Solomon loved the Lord with all his heart. You know how much was left? None. All his heart. It says, then he goes, but he worshiped on high places. Now, a lot of times that just washes right over. Okay, so he's worshiping God on high places. See, previously when the children of Israel are in the, the wilderness coming to the promised land, God says, oh, 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 I don't want to be worshiped on high places. That's how the foreign gods, that's how those pagans are worshiping. I'm not wor I want to be worshiped at the tabernacle. And eventually, with Solomon, he'll build a temple where God says, I want to be worshipped. Little thing in Solomon's life, right? He loved God with all his heart. If you read the next part of that, after it says that he loved God with all his heart, that he worshipped on high places, in verse 7 it says, it says he, he's praying that night to God. He says, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I'm a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. He's just a young guy. He's filling the weight. He says, your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, two numbers to count or number. So, so he's filling all this. This is my intent, God. This is what I want to do right here in my life. It says, so give your servant a discerning heart. Another word is, help me to be prudent. A discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong to distinguish between right and wrong for who's able to govern this great people of yours. Now, now listen, I want to say it real quick in this part and summarize it, but the kings also were told in the wilderness, here's the wilderness before they even get to the promise, the promised land. God tells them, write down this because one day you're going to want a king just like all those other nations, even though you won't want me as your king. I want them to be able to write with their hand this when they become king. I don't want them to build up their horses. Back then, that was like their super F-16 jets and tanks. Don't build up your weapons and your armory because you'll put your faith and trust in your armory and your strength instead of me. The second thing is, I don't want you to build up your wealth and all your riches and gold and silver because you'll have so, look at, look at, that, that kind of hits home, don't it? Uh, don't build up your gold and silver because you'll put your trust in it instead of me. But the third thing God said is, tell the kings and make sure they know, don't be marrying those other wives, those other foreign ladies that have other gods beside me because those wives will get in there whisper in your ear and persuade you to serve their gods over me. Do you know that Solomon did all three of them? But which one was his Achilles heel was the one that he married foreign wives. Now he loved God with all this heart. But if you fast forward to the 11th chapter, it says that King Solomon, however, loved many foreign Wives, besides all the ones that were uh, in this part, Pharaoh's uh, daughter, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Ammonites, the Parasites, all those sites. In verse 2, it says, they were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites. See, he's saying, guys, I already told you. 
That's not the highway that I want you on. Don't go in that direction. He already told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with him because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, you could say, nevertheless, Solomon, the simple, he was a prudent, the simple Solomon held fast to them in love. Pastor, how many persuaded him? Did he have three, four, ten? No, no, no. He had 700 wives. Boy, that's a microphone dropper right there, isn't it? But on top of that, he had 300 concubines. He had access to 1,000 women who had mouths talking about their gods. Listen to that. A thousand. And his wife led him astray, and Solomon grew old, and his wife turned his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God. As his father David had been. And it goes on to say, he followed all those other gods. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. Do you know who wrote Ecclesiastics? If, if you ever read Ecclesiastics, you might be having a sunshiny day, and you read that and you go, oh my goodness. Because it says, everything is worthless, hopeless, vanity. It's Solomon. And you say, Solomon, that guy's smart, what's up? See, he's taking the fork in the road, we'll talk about next week, to sad city that's in the state of unhappy. He's lost his purpose of being the king over Israel and serving God and leading his people in the ways of God. Now he's been distracted off the right highway to something else, and all of a sudden he says, you know, I, there's really not really a whole lot of purpose in life, and I, I don't know. That's why we have the word of God for to see those people in the Bible as our examples. And we want to yell, wake up, Solomon. And sometimes I wonder if God didn't say, wake up, John, in those areas in my life. Now, now let me give you four quick things. And, and then I'll give you a, a chance to respond as we sing and worship. The prudent see the danger and does something about it. The simple just keep going and suffer for it. See, if you thought, you know, I've come today and I see there's some ways in my life that I kind of feel like I'm going in the wrong direction. I, I need, I, I can make some changes. Just write these down. The first thing is you're going to have to take some action. And it's better to take action when you've gone in the wrong direction. You know, like the friend of mine that got coffee and went the wrong direction. It's always easier to take a change of action in the first five minutes instead of going and going and going. Think of how simple he would be if he would have said, I know that I've gone an hour in the wrong direction, but I'm making good time. <laughs> You're going to have to do something, and the quicker the better. See, the prudency danger, and they don't think about it. They don't pray about it. They don't excuse it. They take refuge. They, they do something, though. Cut off that relationship. 
do what you know that you have to do. The, the second thing is sacrifice. You have to give up something. And, and we're not good at that. I, I tell you what, I'm not good at that. You follow the principle in sacrificing something. It might be a relationship. It might be a, a, a reputation thing is wrong. Uh, sacrifice maybe money. It's going to cost you something to stay on the best path. The third thing is embarrassment. This isn't your destination. It's going to be uncomfortable. People are going to look at you for making changes in your life. They're going to go, what, what are you doing? Why are you selling that, that expensive vehicle that you love so much? And they're not going to understand because I'm not going to be a slave to those payments every month. Somebody's going to laugh because you're going to start an exercise program. And they don't want to exercise. It's just so hard. And the first time you show up in your velour jumpsuit, they're going to be like, oh, look at that. It might be embarrassing, but you're going to go, I'm going to feel better because I'm going to get in the right direction on the right road and over time. See a change come in my life. The fourth thing is relief. See, I believe that when you change to go in the right direction, listen, there's a day that's coming when you're going to sigh and say, man, I am so glad I made a change in my life. I'm so glad that I did not continue down that and suffer for it. Made some changes. And listen, you could actually point back to this day. Nobody's going to celebrate maybe this day, but you could. This is the day that I made the changes in my life. Amen. Action, sacrifice, maybe embarrassment, relief, the prudency danger. I believe that today we have people prudent here today. They see danger and they take refuge. This morning I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up in about 30 seconds. But you know as, as a pastor I continue to say that the favor of God is on us. That the blessing is on us and around us and we go to places and people know that we're believers. It's not who we are, but whose we are that make us different. So when we go into a dark world and people go, man, I just, we just enjoy you being here because I can't even put my, you know what they're talking about. But that is being on the way of God, the highway of God, doing the things that God has asked us to do. Then we're not surprised when the favor of God comes on our way. We're not like, oh, I never knew that would happen. Oh, no, no, you're expecting it to happen. Because you're doing the things of God. This morning, what I tried to pray over my life is God put me in the right place at the right time to meet the right people. And here, here's what God, and, and, and God, help me be aware of it when I'm in that right place at the right time meeting the right people. 
Now watch this. I believe that God puts us in that right place at the right time to meet the right people to bring about all that he destines for us to be and to do in our life while we're on his way, his highway, pointed in the right direction. So this morning I want to pray with you. As we come to the end of today's message, we'll look forward to the next message. But, but this morning, it's direction, not good intention, that lead us to the right destination. Listen to me. Not good intention. I know that a lot of us have good hearts, and we say, you know, I really, I really, I really want to. But it's not good direction, or good intentions, but the right direction. Let's pray. Father, today, God, we know that your grace is for us. And Father, that if we are in the wrong direction, that your grace is sufficient, God, that forgiveness. But God, more, the grace has the power to God help us, to direct us in the right way to go, to do the things that you've asked us to do so that we can receive, God, not only the wisdom, but God, the knowledge how to do it. Father, I'm praying for our church today that, Father, some of the things that are going through people's mind, they almost feel like there's no way I could quit that job. It, it, it's too hard to find another job. But, God, you, you make a way with your sins to be done. God, I don't know if I can end that relationship because I know that that person is not right. It'd be too hard to cut off that relationship. Today, God's grace will empower you to be able to do those things. He is the God of the impossible. Do you realize that he has you in your hand, his hand, if you'll just allow him to guide you and direct you? Would you stand as Lisa Lee?